What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of GTB. I'm Haley, aka Bird, and as always, it is a pleasure to have you here. I hope that you have made it through the first month of 2022 smoothly, with ease, and that you are continuing to take care of yourself and nourish and cultivate a healthy relationship with your mind, body, movement, and food, and taking care of yourself. Um, I am extremely, extremely pumped. I know you can't tell, but I'm extremely pumped (laughs) to share today's episode with you. I had the honor of chatting with Dr. Mary Hausler, who is a certified pelvic floor physical therapist at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. A little bit more about Mary. She graduated from the University of Iowa Doctorate of Physical Therapy program and immediately entered into the pelvic health world, serving all genders. She's super passionate about eliminating shame and upholding the dignity of her patients currently living with pelvic floor issues, including things like incontinence, pelvic pain, bowel issues, pain with sex, postpartum recovery, and many more. Mary is adamant about creating a safe space in her clinic for all bodies and is additionally fighting the quote-unquote lose weight response most experienced in medicine and specifically the physical therapy realm. Ugh! Do you love her or do you love her? (laughs) If you don't already, I guarantee you, you will by the end of this episode. Mary knows her shit, which is great. But what's even better is the way that she educates and shares it with people. She discusses taboo topics like bodily functions and sex with levity and with humor. And it's not because she takes these issues lightly, but because she is extremely devoted to women's health and empowerment in addition to many other things. Um, When I originally scheduled this interview, I thought we would be talking about things like core strengthening and postpartum recovery. And while we do get into those um, topics a little bit, the majority of our conversation is around vaginas, or as Mary calls it, queen. (laughs) Um, A little bit more about what we cover Uh, Mary tells us how she got into pelvic floor health, like what it was that inspired her to get into this work. And um, then she dives into what even is the pelvic floor? What is its role? What is its function? And I will give you a hint. It is a massively important group of muscles in our body. I knew it was important before we talked, but now I just like want to embrace it in a warm hug and tell it thank you for all the things that I now know that it is in charge of or that it helps control. Um, Mary and I talk about the connection between the pelvic floor and mental health, which I found this super freaking fascinating. um, And I, I think that you might too. And then Mary also gives us tips on how to take care of our own pelvic floors. And this was not at all what I was expecting. Again, when I think about like taking care of my pelvic floor before this interview, I thought core strengthening and uh, Kegel exercises and stopping my stream of urine when I'm peeing, like all these things, Mary dives into all of it and uh, really opened my eyes to what really impacts our pelvic floor health, um, which is super exciting. 
She gives us an overview of what a pelvic floor exam with her looks like, what are some common causes of linking, um, how we know if our pelvic floor is relaxed. We cover a lot of common misconceptions with pelvic floor and so freaking much more. Towards the end of the episode, we also dive into the connection between physical therapy and GTB, um, like where we intersect and where we overlap. And Mary tells us about her experience in uh, PT school and in healthcare as a plus-size physical therapist and really how it has informed the way that she practices. Um, We then wrap up the episode ranting about weight bias and how we hate it, and I urge Mary to get a TikTok, which you will hear. Um, She is basically on the very edge of getting it, and hopefully by the time this episode airs, she will already have it and I will post it in the show notes. <laughs> so more to come on that. You'll see it in the show notes if it if it makes its way in. Overall, this conversation with Mary was so educating and empowering and freaking fun. This was probably the most fun I've ever had interviewing someone <laughs> on GTV or just in life in general. Um, we actually ended up talking for nearly an hour and a half, like another half hour after the, the podcast was recorded. So she is a cool person. I do want to give a quick content warning that there is mention of sexual assault around minute 31 of the podcast when we're discussing pelvic floor exams. So please feel free to skip straight to minute 32. You can pause the podcast and return turn to it when you feel more comfortable, or you can choose to skip this episode altogether. All right, now let's get into it. Enjoy my conversation with Dr. Mary Hausler. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Give Them the Bird. My name is Haley, aka Bird, and on today's episode, I am chatting with my new BFF, Dr. Mary Hausler. Hey, Mary. Hi. (laughs) Oh my gosh, bestie. I'm so excited for this. Um, Before we talk all things pelvic floor, because that's yes. really going to be what we really dive into tonight. Um, tell listeners all about you. Who are you? Um, well, I am a certified pelvic floor physical therapist. I did my undergrad degree in all things science, biomedical, had no idea where it wanted to take me other than just medical field in general. Um, and then I really liked physical therapy. And I told my parents this because everyone keeps their clothes on and you never have to deal with needles. And now I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist who does dry needling. So I don't know what happened in between there, but I went to the University of Iowa for doctorate of physical therapy. Um, And since I walked in the door, there was a presentation about different areas of pelvic floor or PT in general. And one person gave a pelvic floor PT presentation. And I was like, I want to be you when I grow up. Absolutely. That exact. Week one, I knew it. So oh, wow. then every time it was brought up in class, like the whole class is just looking, like 40 of us students are turning around going, all right, vagina lady, this is where you shine. <laughs> I'm like in the back with my hands up. So I knew so early in PT. So then I set myself up by getting um, internships and clinicals in those areas. Um, I'm born and raised Iowa City. I love this place. I think it's the bias it's the best place in the whole wide world um and so I still live here this has been my dream job since forever I grew up looking at that hospital like I'm gonna be there that's that's gonna be my home so um I am passionate 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 about what I do and I'm so excited to be on this podcast so so exciting wait I'm so I'm very intrigued by the fact that like what was it that drew you to pelvic floor if you can remember back to that first like presentation or whatever what was it that was like 
like I love vaginas. I really want to do this work. What was it? <laughs> um, so a few things, right? So everyone that goes into PT usually starts out as I hurt my, I busted my knee in high school or I hurt my hip. And so I loved physical therapy. That's what I wanted to do. Well, um, once they announced it, I was like, oh my gosh, my whole family does the PP dance. And um, I love talking about things people don't want to talk about. I love getting in the nitty gritty. So my day being poop pee sex is just like <laughs> the dream apparently for me. Oh, um, love it. But also I just grew up in such a women for women household. My mom is one of eight kids. I have so many aunts that are just these don't mess with them ladies. Um, And so from a very young age, it was put in me that like, we need to fight harder for our women. And I was like, make this, I don't have to Mm -hmm. deal with men a lot of days. Um, I'm growing to love male pelvic floor things. But my first job immediately out of PT school was literally women and I loved it. It was my dream. Mm, I love that. That is so cool. And just that you were, you come from like a long line of badass women. I love that. Do Mm. we all kind of pee pee dance it up when we're like scrubbing the dishes after our Thanksgiving meals? Absolutely. And now (laughs) I go to family reunions. I'm like, who's peeing their pants? Talk to me after dinner. Oh, Oh, you are so good. I love your humor. That's so cool. Um, So I didn't even know about pelvic floor, even though like I studied health promotion at the university, but I mean, we don't, obviously we don't get to the nitty gritty of like, you know, that stuff. Um, But my sister who I'd mentioned before we started recording, she got very interested in it when she had her first baby. And so she was kind of like, here are some things to do ish. But I remember my first um, introduction to pelvic floor and I didn't even know that it was the pelvic floor was an episode of the keeping up with Kardashians where they talk about Kegels. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was thinking about that. Like, where did I first learn about Kegels? And I was like, oh, it was keeping up with the Kardashians. And they also said that to like strengthen, um, I think they probably use the term like strengthen your vagina because it's the Kardashians. Yeah. They said you should like stop paying and like hold it. But I've since learned that maybe isn't the best thing to do. Yeah. So this is why no. this is why it's really good we're talking. <laughs> I do think Kegels are owned by the Kardashians. It starts with a K. It just kind of like fits with their um, aesthetic. Um, <laughs> but I don't mind if people do that as like a test. Um, but if you're constantly doing it, you retrain your bladder and can lead to urinary retention. So I tell people oh, like, wow. you can like, try, go for it. Try it. Absolutely. Do you feel, cause a lot of people then find out that they have no control. Um, but our bladder is the most habit forming organ in the body. Um, so like when I was a kid, I would wash my hands, go to the bathroom time for dinner. As an adult, I'd sit in restaurants. My food would come out and I'd be like, I have to pee. Because what? before dinner, I have to pee, right? Um, there's all these little things. There's a lock and key trigger. You get home from your job, you put the lock in the door, I have to pee, right? Or I'm leaving for a road trip, I have to pee. There's all these triggers. Wow. And so if we start to train our bladder, stop peeing while we're peeing, girl, we're going to lead to issues. Oh, you know? it's going gonna, it's gonna to store some piss. common misconception. Absolutely. Wow. I'm so glad that you shared that with me. (laughs) I, I saw like an Instagram, um, Instagram live a while back, somebody that I, um, used to follow 
they had a baby their phys- or not a physical therapist personal trainer had a baby and then they got really into like pelvic floor um health and that's where i learned you're not supposed to cut off the stream like it's not necessarily <laughs> the best pelvic floor advice out there so yeah so yeah, true this is good and that's how most people get into this field truly they are PTs that have a kid and they realize, oh my gosh, there's a whole, like, we don't learn a lot of this in PT school. We had one lecture, I think. Oh, wow. And that's my entire job is one lecture. I mean, I do more than that, but really one lecture has expanded into an entire career. So did you, do you have kids? No, no. Okay. Sorry. That was so abrupt. No. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> you can say that to me because I'm uh even though I'm engaged, we're like still on the fence about having kids. So like I am I'm absolutely yeah. pro-choice when it comes to children in all forms. I think three so there's four pelvic floor physical therapists on our team. Three don't have children. Oh wow. All for different reasons. But I do feel like root of it is uh we know <laughs> too much. Yeah, I know what's gonna happen <laughs> when I push out a baby out my vagina. <laughs> well, and it's to be fair, no one's coming to me if they're having a good time. And so, um, like if you're having terrible pain in pregnancy or your postpartum recovery is really hard, those are the folks that tend to come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I just sit and reflect on how that I don't want that for me at this time. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a beautiful way to say it at this time or maybe ever. Um, Uh, Right? Yeah. Before we continue talking about the pelvic floor, I want you Mm -hmm. to explain what it is and what its function is for folks that may not know. I think I'm nervous. I'm going to go into my teacher voice because I give the same routine all the time. That's okay. Um, I love teachers. The pelvic floor is a bowl of muscle inside of the pelvis. Um, and if you've never looked at it, I encourage Googling, um, cause usually I use the 3d model so people can see it in space. Um, every single person has it, male, women, female, all genders have a pelvic floor. It's just muscles and there's four main function. Um, I usually tell people we have three holes. They each get their own doctor. I get to do all three. Oh, so oh lucky you. <laughs> right. I'm, thank you. Um, I do bowel, bladder, and sexual function things, as well as it's a very posture stability muscle. So for those personal trainers, we work a lot with pelvic floor on performance, right? Because you can have strength that gets you by in your day. You, have a, can, you can have strength that can control bowel, bladder, sexual function. There's also this next tier, right? There's performance and there's some newer stuff coming out um, that should get more research about how if we're better at training the pelvic floor, you can deadlift more, right? Mm -hmm. You can run faster miles. Like if you get that on board and have a better core stability, um, you can perform even better. But most of my day is spent with bowel dysfunctions, whether that's constipation um, or hemorrhoids really are kind of the biggest ones um bladder stuff whether that's incontinence um some incomplete emptying hesitancy frequency i have people that come in they're peeing every 15 minutes um and then sexual function that is my favorite thing to treat um pain with sex is my absolute 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 favorite because 75 percent of women go through a period in their life in which sex is painful Mm. um which is cuckoo bananas it's Mm -hmm. just such a huge number when you look around three-fourths of women have had a period in their life in which sex is painful and it's so alienating it is so lonely and the one person you want to talk to about it is your partner and they're the ones causing it and so it can feel just 
uh, hopeless. And so to me, it's such a quality of life thing. I can, I can treat your back pain. I can treat your shoulder pain. I can treat knee pain. But if you can't sleep with your partner, mm. like that is game changer. Um, yeah. And I grew up, um, my dad is a youth pastor. I grew up in the church. And so additionally, I deal with a lot of religious trauma. Mm -hmm. I still identify as a Christian, but I deal with a lot of folks that grew up in very religious households too. So we get a lot of people that can't insert a tampon, can't insert um, a penis at all. So um, it is, and when they finally can have sex, oh, we, it's weird the things I celebrate with my patients. Oh, I think this is. Penis all the way. Yeah. And then we like (laughs) give ourselves a round of applauses. So that is so cool. I didn't even see that's like in my head, like it didn't, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that when I think about Mm -hmm. pelvic floor. Like I literally just think about peeing or. Peeing and yeah. And sometimes pooping. Yeah. But yeah, I, most people just think of incontinence and, Mm -hmm. um, if it if my day was all incontinence, it wouldn't be bad, but it just gets repetitive. So right. really there's a lot more to it. And the, the other thing is just pain, mm-hmm. painful periods, endometriosis, PCOS. I deal with so many people where they have pain from rib cage to knees, anywhere wow. in between there I work with. So, um, and those ones are the, some of the most complex is just pain patients. Mm. And so all of those, all of those like different, um, chronic conditions or, mm-hmm. or whatever, they all have to do with the pelvic floor. Yeah. I, I truthfully think almost every single person has some sort of pelvic floor issue. Wow. Again, maybe like a bias who I'm exposed to, but I think as women specifically, we learn to just live with inconveniences and, mm-hmm. Um, from a young age, we're told like periods are painful. Cool. So like, just welcome to being a woman. Thank you for, thank you for joining us. Um, and I get to work with so many women that I'm like, oh, here's, um, yes, you can take ibuprofen, but here's ways you can stretch those muscles at home. Here's some ways you can do better about breathing into those muscles, expanding them out. Um, I love tens units or trans, um, electric what is it neurostimulator whatever tens units uh electrical stimulation um which can block pain i use one every single month um it is it's not just a sometimes with those chronic conditions it's not learning how to be pain-free because we know that's not necessarily the case it's how can we better manage and how can we better participate in our days Mm. okay that what you just mentioned about the um, period pain, I came off of birth control, whoa, I forget, at like the beginning of the year. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to have a baby, just like for other reasons. I <laughs> Yes. We, you know, <laughs> got to clear that up. <laughs> I'm not trying for to all have the listeners, we're not having babies. Yeah, it's no okay. little birdies are being born anytime soon. I'm not hatching. No, um, I was trying you... to say not hatching any. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize for how long like I never had any sort of cramping because I was on the pill since I was like 15 and yeah. now I'm, you know, 28. And um, now it's like the first two days are fucking awful. Like it's so bad. And you just, that's what right. I, that's what I'm told. Just like, oh, some Midol, some ibuprofen. And just, yeah. you're telling me there's other things that can be done. Right. It's not just slap a heating pad. And then uh, mine are like, really terrible and what was hard too is I went to my physician recently and I said she said how are your periods I said super painful this is how I manage them though and 
I'm okay. And I can wear my tens unit throughout the day. And she said something like, well, um, really hormone therapy or birth control is the only way to help that. And I was like, I came to you for a holistic approach and I'm telling you how I treat mine. And she was mm-hmm. like, well, and then we kind of moved on. And then later she's like, so are you interested in that birth control? And I was like, no, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it is your muscles reacting. Your ovaries actually sit pretty close to your hip flexors. That's why people get pain in their back is because they irritate and compress your spine, which also then shoot down into your hips. So people get hip pain. Wow. Like it all is so, you, we tend to compartmentalize the body. And I am like, no, you are one human. I have to look here to here because, um, they all work so closely together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the, the uterus doesn't just live in its own world. Wow. Which sometimes it feels like it does. I feel like um, I'm going to have to have you on like 12 more episodes because <laughs> seriously, all down. this is so good. <laughs> and I also, um, another side note, similar, I just had a similar situation like that with um, a dermatologist. I went in for a dermatology checkup. I hadn't been there in a while and I went in and she was like, any changes to medications? And I was like, oh yeah, they really uh, upped my anxiety medication and I got off birth control. And literally by the end of it, she was like, uh, well, at first she goes, oh, you're trying to have kids. And I was like, no, no, like you can get off birth control for other reasons. Um, right. And then by the end of it, she was, she asked me again, like, so would you consider getting back on birth control for your acne? And I was like, bitch, did you just not, did you not hear me? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I just said I got off of it. Like, right. Yeah, and I have just... a derm appointment next year and I am going for acne as well. Mm-hmm. That's very like cyclical. Yes. And I, I can hear it now. Oh yeah. It's, it'll get brought up. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm diving more into like, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother topic like of interest. I know. The next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Join us part two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. That is so good. So pelvic floor, it is involved in, everybody has one. Mm-hmm. It's very important. It's involved in a lot of different things beyond just, um, incontinence. Um, and so, when I guess maybe it's along the same lines when I ask like what its function is, but is mm-hmm. would you say that's like it helps us to stop peeing and stop like like yeah what, I tell what people are all the things yeah I tell people it contracts to hold pee poop insides in right and then it relaxes to let pee poop penis and other things in so uh, it oh. has two but the hard part is it has two very opposite roles right contract aggressively so nothing falls out of our body and then relax so to complete right this full um release um but that's so so wide on a spectrum in the smallest space possible with muscles you didn't know existed and so i've had i've had patients where just education alone i don't give them much homework but to connect with your body and actually know what's going on Mm -hmm. help symptoms immensely Mm -hmm. right and um it's also like more mental health wise, like you brought up anxiety. There's some really cool studies that um, there's one where they hooked people up to electrodes and had um, them watch a scary movie, which sounds, sounds like my nightmare. Um, but they Love found it. the muscles in your pelvic floor are one of the first and strongest reactions to fear and anxiety. And so if you come in with a shoulder pain, I'm not like, how's your mental health, sweet pea? But if you come in with pelvic floor overactivity, overactivity like you're clenching all the time, I talk about anxiety. I talk about postpartum depression because this is where we tend to hold it. Um, and I tell people, like everyone talks about, I hold stress on my shoulders. I'm like, 
get in line, Jessica, we all do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this, that shoulder tension, I think of as kind of like that day to day, right? Mm. I can't find a parking spot. I'm running late. Um, my kids being annoying, right? All of those things. That's this, that pelvic floor is just that, that truly that anxiety of why am I stressed out? And so everyone this year has been coming in being like, I don't know why it's worse. This past year's got, and I'm like, take a look, look around, at, turn on the news. Yeah. Pick, mm. I'm like, pick a headline. Mm-hmm. The world is on fire. Your body knows that. And it's holding it in just the deepest, darkest places of yourself. Yeah. Um, and I have myself and I know a bunch of my coworkers have trauma informed care. Cause sometimes when we release those muscles and release that it has nowhere to go, but come out and oh, it's, wow. it can be, yeah, it can be a very, um, triggering activity. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also is amazing to partner this mental health therapies and pelvic floor, uh, because they're just so interconnected. Mm. So I think another role of the pelvis is just like holding, Mm -hmm. which is good, except for when you're holding too much. Mm -hmm. Right. So function is contract, relax, and push out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I tell people straining is for pasta. Don't push while you poop. Any amount of pushing is too much pushing. Get a squatty potty. That's oh my. Straining is for pasta. <laughs> yeah, I'm full of one-liners. Come I on I just can't wait. I'm just going to like injure myself. So I have to come see you. Like, this is so exciting. I just <laughs> want to hang out with you all the time. time. Yeah. <laughs> we can just clear up little things. I don't get a lot of people where they're just like, sometimes I do this. Mm-hmm. Everyone that comes to me is like, I pee myself and I can't control my farts and sex has hurt since 1812. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sweet. Where do we start? Oh my gosh, you are lighting me up inside. This is, you are seriously amazing. You're definitely going to have to start a TikTok. Like, oh, absolutely. Don't even get we us will started. come. We will circle back to this. Yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> so good. Um, I, I thought, think that's really interesting what you mentioned about like anxiety too. Cause I think about like when I went through, um, I have a, like a hundred hour yoga teacher training. I didn't complete the whole thing, but we talk a lot about like, you know, when you sit in like those hip openers, like half pigeon and stuff, like it can Mm -hmm. feel emotional. And even during the training, like, I don't know if that's, maybe it's just the placebo effect, but one of the gals that did the training with me, we would be in a pigeon pose and we'd look over and we'd both be crying and we would start like, (laughs) I'd be like, are you guys? You're doing this too? Yeah. Like it releases emotions. And I always thought like, but I, I, I think to know it from to hear that from a, a PT, it just hits mm-hmm. different than like a yoga teacher, you know? Um, yeah, fair. That's amazing though. Well, and I, I don't know if I meant, I don't think I mentioned this. One of the muscles in the pelvic floor, the obturator internus, there's no quiz. I'm just telling you this. Okay. Um, the obturator internus muscle is actually a hip muscle inside the pelvic floor. So mm-hmm. I get plenty of people that come in with hip pain as well. Um, that this muscle specifically overworks if your glutes are weak. And so, and every single person under the sun could use stronger booty muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes that hip pain can jump into the pelvic floor and cause issues internally because of that muscle is like a bridge. Um, But also we've had people um, like opposite come in for hip pain to see someone else and they can't identify it at all we will see them and we'll poke on a, that muscle internally. And they're like, yep, that's it. Ouch. That's it. my pain. Wow. And so it kind of goes both ways. Hip stuff can really jump between. So hip openers specifically could combine that hip release and pelvic release. Mm. That is so interesting. It's mm-hmm. like, I just, the body is so 
It's so cool. And I think that the, the so mind, cool. like the body and the mind connection too is, um, and that's one thing I've just been learning so much about since I've gotten into like intuitive eating and creating a healthy relationship with exercise too. But to actually know that our mind and our, like the physiology of the body is just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like I always tell people, I'm like, if I could remove your brain from your body, first of all, I wouldn't, but I would because it, it like is ruining it's ruining progress sometimes mm. because I can we can make all of these strides someone gets overly stressed out and back to like not square one but right. it can really knock whatever progress just because I can't separate those two and mm -hmm. there's I don't know if you've ever seen those photos that compare the um the like vocal cords and the epiglottis to your vulva and vag vaginal mm -hmm. canal and stuff like that like the anatomy is like twins they look the wow. same fraternal twins um and like ever i tell everyone from top to bottom you are connected mm -hmm. um so yeah that's why it's amazing the it body is. the body is just so cool i love the it. body man the body <laughs> so okay so we know a lot about the function of the pelvic floor what it does mm -hmm. it's so freaking important how do we take care of it <laughs> oh my gosh good question um i think the hardest part when I talk about like giving advice is it is so specific to people. Totally. Um, and so my first recommendation always is get an eval. Um, try to find a pelvic floor therapist near you. Um, to be fair, some do claim to do pelvic floor therapy, but don't do internal. And I think that's just a huge missing piece. So I always tell people to call ahead if you're not in my area. Mm -hmm. um, when but, you say internal, like you go up the vagina? Oh yeah, I didn't explain that. No. Um, yeah, so my exams are very, I always tell people I have, I'm the nicest internal exam you'll ever have, but I do think the bar is very low. So um, <laughs> I don't use stirrups, I don't use a speculum. Um, all I, I have people in a very relaxed position, kind of butterfly, but there's something underneath your knees supporting your legs. We take big breaths first. We make sure our legs are relaxed, our butts are relaxed. Mm -hmm. um, and all I do is I insert one finger and there's three muscles on each side that I poke on for uh, what I call the vibe check. What's going on, right? So they're just muscles. Mm -hmm. Muscle, like you get shoulder knots in your, or muscle knots in your shoulder, you can get muscle knots in your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. Are they sitting super tight? Are they relaxed? Is there not much muscle bulk to them like do they feel weak and then after that i check strength endurance relaxation how well you push i check the function of everything um <clears throat> and then i often check for prolapse too which is kind of like a postpartum um issue as well but yeah i check internally on on almost every i wondered, every single I wondered when you when you said like i told like i wanted to be a phys also if you hear my dogs barking sorry about that they're wild <laughs> Um, I told my parents, like, I wanted to be a PT because people keep their clothes on. And then when you were like, and look at me now. And I was like, wait, you, I, I didn't yeah. realize that that's interesting. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I do both like vaginal and rectal exams, kind of depending okay. on what the symptoms are. And I think you're, I probably should have prefaced this. There's so many people that come in and I go, what did your physician tell you about me? And they're like, nothing. And I'm like, great. Thanks for coming. Yeah, take oh, your clothes man. off, honey. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did you know we were going to do a rectal exam? I was going to put my finger in your butt and no one knows. Um, so it's good to know that, but mm -hmm. also with our, um, 
what is it now? Like three fifths of women have had sexual assault in their history, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I always high. tell people, you are the boss in my room. Mm -hmm. You are in charge the whole time. I there's I'm not a physician. I don't have to get anything done. You set the pace. And so at every single point I ask like for consent, I'm checking in. And if at any point they're over it, we're done. Cool. So I, and I always tell people there's no surprises. So I'm like, all right, we lay here, we relax. Um, I'm going to unburrito you from the sheet real quick. And then after I insert and I'm working, I cover everything up with the sheet. I don't mm -hmm. need to keep, I don't need to keep you open to the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I recently I've had quite a few of people with pretty um, extensive um, sexual assault histories. Mm -hmm. And I just hear them and give my best guess. And then I, uh, what might be helpful and then send them home with homework and then they report back. Oh, nice. I, I don't have to do anything in clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really the, the patient is the one that sets the pace for internal or no internal, or do we just poke on the muscles from the outside? It's just, it's all up to them. Right. But having that internal exam, like it can be, you don't have, you don't necessarily have to do it, but you were saying before I got you way off, like right. that can be oh, yeah. really helpful. Right. And, and not that other physical therapists from the outside can't get a good read, but it is like, I've had people that go to other pelvic floor therapists, they do nothing internally and they're like, great, you're doing awesome. And symptoms are better, but not perfect. And then they come mm -hmm. to see me and I explain and they're like, oh, I wish, wish I would have had this I had first. Known that. Mm -hmm. so if, yeah. So if looking for a pelvic floor therapist, I always just say, call, make sure they do internal um, because it's such a hot button topic, people all over are claiming to do pelvic floor therapy. And you, yes. when it comes to this area, I just always want people to get the best. Mm -hmm. I even think too, there's a lot of pelvic floor uh, or personal trainers that are like claiming to be, I say claiming, there are some that maybe have like certifications in it, like pre and yeah. postpartum and everything. But um, there's, but literally it'll, the, on like their Instagram, it'll say like pelvic floor physical therapist. And just hearing this from you now, I'm, it's yeah. telling me that, yeah, there's a disconnect clearly, you know? Well, and it's not a like worst case scenario, you come to me, one of my coworkers and other pelvic floor therapists, and you have one eval and they're like, oh no, what they're, that PT or that personal trainer or that other person is saying to you is correct. It's good. Yeah. Great. But leaking like specifically incontinence can be for two different reasons, which this is it. We talked about earlier talking about more misconceptions about pelvic floor therapy. You can leak because your muscles are weak, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a baby, maybe they're just weak for whatever reason. You go to cough, sneeze, lift, whatever. Muscles are like, meh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough strength for this, right? And then you leak. But you can also be the one where your muscles are overactive, right? Maybe baby comes through and your muscles go, what the hell was that? Mm -hmm. Right? Or you're a tense person with anxiety. Like there's so many reasons. These these muscles, maybe you have low back pain, your muscles are guarding and your, your muscles just don't have enough left in the bank. Mm -hmm. So I think of it kind of like a punch. Like if your arm is almost all the way extended, you can only give this much more, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you relax that muscle, you could wind up and give your full punch. Same thing in the pelvic floor. And so when people are like, well, if you pee, just kegel till you die and you'll be fine. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, a lot of women I know don't know how to relax. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that has been kind of my focus. And so it's not just Kegels. It's not just internal work. Sometimes it's how do we relax those muscles, turn off those muscles? Um, 
And I've never told a woman, relax and have that go well. So instead, (laughs) I give tips, tricks, ways to get them to relax that aren't just like chill out. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not not helpful for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. How do you even know if you're like, as I'm sitting here, you probably saw me like get a little distracted because I'm like, Mm -hmm. am I relaxed? Like, how do you know (laughs) if, how do you know if it is relaxed or not? Yeah, I know. That's the hardest part. Is there a way to know? Um, there are, there are ways. Um, they're kind of hard. I always try to get people to do big belly breaths. So if you expand into your belly with your breath, right, your pelvic floor drops down and out as well. And so sometimes I tell people in a chair where you can like feel your vulva on the chair, you take a big breath in, does that pressure increase? Right. Cause that's that relaxation down and out. Is it, um, and sometimes it can't because your muscles are like tight. Mm um, or overactive. Um, but really the best way is if you can poke on those muscles, um, and normal muscles should just feel like pressure, right? You push into any muscle on your body. You're like, okay, you're poking on me. Right. If you can push on those muscles and they're tender, or they're tight. Woo. So like push on them the up there. Way. Yes. Internal. So usually I have people use opposite thumb and you enter in just a little bit. Cause the first muscle is only about a knuckle and a half deep. Okay. And you can, you can push in and then push to the side, like you're um, trying to grab between your forefinger and your thumb. And if that feels super tender, they might be a little bit tight. This is so intriguing um, to me. I, I know usually. So I just use my finger when I work, you don't need anything super um, fancy. Um, and I often have people use like these test tubes we give out for free um, because that's the easiest way. I just clean anything you put up there. Don't, <laughs> please be careful. Don't, t- no one go home and just start sticking things up there. But yeah. um, the best way is to get an eval. But if you want to figure it out, you can also like push up um, between your sit bones, you know, those bones in your butt. Mm-hmm. You can like push up into those with your hands pretty good mm-hmm. and see those, those muscles are right there. So if you feel like pain or discomfort when doing that, that's a good sign that it's like, we're not relaxed. Kind of overactive. And Mm -hmm. to be fair, there's no real, like it's a sensitive area. So Mm -hmm. like some people are like, well, that hurt kind of. And I'm like, well, you also like are jabbing your fingers up there. So like (laughs) not super comfortable anyway. Um, But I think I just, I truly believe every, almost everyone should see a pelvic floor therapist. And in France, every single woman receives 10 pelvic floor visits after a baby free what are we doing here what are we doing here i'm well me i'm trying to leave i'm literally duolingoing french every single evening girl uh, i'm not kidding. i'm not leaving I, but i did just hear learn about duolingo a student told me about it they're i'm like oh yeah how have things been going like wellness coaching wise they're like good i learned a new language since we last met i'm like what amazing <laughs> i'm not claiming to learn a whole new language i'm just like yeah. over here like Bonjour. <laughs> um yeah i'm like thinking about leaving just kidding um but when you talk about like what can you do for yourself mm-hmm. other than an exam is just taking care of taking care of your vulva i always encourage people to look at it so i have people postpartum that are like it looks different and i'm like did you look before and they're like oh. no but it looks different. You're like, okay, look at your vulva and then just take care of that skin in not a way that you think, right? Mm. There's for a long time, women have been told they're dirty. That area is gross. Um, it's smelly, right? Like all of these things. Mm-hmm. It's actually self-cleaning. It's amazing. If it actually does smell, smell, 
we might have a problem, right. but it is not stinky. Don't use perfumes. Don't use summer's Eve soap. Um, shaving is really not great for it. You can trim. Um, sometimes toilet papers can be super irritating. Like there's, it's, just take care of your queen, right? Like, and yes. uh, in, in a take care way. of your queen. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, she is such a gift. She is so amazing. And when I do exams, I think, I think there's these questions no one wants to ask me, but I know the answers to already, which is most women don't shave. So stop thinking that you're the only one out there and don't shave for me. I didn't shave for you. Okay. There's no need. Um, and no, I can't smell it. Absolutely. Just, just like lay, we're good. You're You're probably also like, especially in today's world, wearing a mask regardless. So it's amazing. (laughs) I smell nothing. I smell the garlic I ate today, but like, other than that, like I'm trapping myself. Um, (laughs) but it's, yeah, you are not, you don't have a weird vulva. You don't have a weird vagina. Like it is perfect just the way it is. And um, yeah, I I just feel like we've been praying for too long on women's insecurities and it's just the way it's supposed to be. And it's great. Yes. I actually, I love that you mentioned that. And it's, it's so cool because um, for one, going into this interview, I did like, I did not expect to talk so much about the vagina, which I'm, I'm really excited to, because I'm a feminist. So like, I'm all yeah. about, I'm, Go yeah, off. Here, I'm here for it. Um, and ironically tomorrow, or I guess once this episode comes out the, the week after it on Valentine's day, I'm having um, mm-hmm. an intimacy coach on and she's talking about like confidence yes. and sex and everything. So this is going to pair so perfectly, oh um, gosh. but yeah, I just, I think it's really great. And again, like one of the big things with GTB is like challenging societal expectations for body size and of what Mm -hmm. it means to be healthy and fit. And I feel like just societal expectations in general, even around like beauty and um, Mm -hmm. feminine beauty, what it means to, you know, like shave or not shave, like all of those things. So Mm -hmm. I, I'm just really happy that you're so much more than I anticipated. And it's so amazing, <laughs> like in the best way possible. <laughs> right. I was like, I feel like I'm talking a ton, but I, Oh no, I just, need this. I have so, I have so much to say about women's health. And, um, although there's so much room for growth in this area, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. There's still so much we don't know. It is the one area of medicine in which women are ahead of men in, and it just feels good to be a part of. <laughs> mm, I love that. I love that. Speaking of women's health and um, what we had started, what we had chatted about before we started recording, I want you to dive Mm -hmm. into that. Um, Kind of how your job as a PT, how it intertwines and intersects with um, like weight stigma, weight bias, um, body size, diet culture, all of that. Yeah, I think it, my biggest awareness in a PT did start when I was in PT school. I was the only plus size person in my class, um, by the end. Um, and I was very aware of it and I was very aware, like we, you get super close with your classmates and it's like, all right, everyone look at your shoulder and everyone's just like ripping off their shirts. And you just, I'm surrounded by six pack men and cross country women and like me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, going through it personally, I, I know how sensitive it is to go into a physical therapy setting and just not feel like you belong. Um, and most 
plus size athletes don't seek out care because they know they're going to be told to lose weight and they're self-conscious about the activities they're choosing to do. Right. So you come in with knee pain and I'm like, Oh great. What exercise are they doing? And they're like, well, I'm only walking. And I'm like, awesome. You're moving your body and giving it just what it needs. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, no, that's perfect. So how long is your body allowing you to walk? And they're like, about a mile. I was like, amazing. Good work every day. And they're like, yeah, like oh. I just get almost maybe too excited. Um, I and so, and <laughs> when I speak with moms specifically postpartum, my question is always, are you doing any purposeful exercise right now? Mm. And they're, sometimes they'll say yes. Sometimes they'll say no. And I was like, great, because that's in addition to being a mom, which is already exercise and chasing that little kid around and lifting 20 pounds everywhere you go. And they're like, oh yeah. Yeah. So I think with my experience of, of PT school, I bring in an adamant passion of making sure people's bodies feel safe in my space. Um, Cause you know how many skinny people I know with pain mm. that like, get out of here. It is not because you're a plus size. And oh. I oftentimes tell people, I'm like, I I'm, these are the words I use. Look at me. Eye contact. You're, body is not the reason you have pain. Your weight is not the reason you have pain. Your tummy, not the reason you have pain. And they're like, well, I know, but like if I, and I said, no, we're going to dive into what's causing your pain because it's not the fat cells that are causing your pain. Mm. Okay. So, um, we're going to put that on the back burner. Do, do I know physically that 10, like one pound off of your tummy is 10 pounds off your knee? Yeah, sure. But I love any people without knee, we're with knee pain. So mm -hmm. let's get to the real reason of it. Um, and a lot of pelvic floor symptoms are told, um, it's cause you're overweight. So if you're, if you have leaking, it's because you, the abdomen pressure of the, of the weight on your tummy, I'm like, mm. <laughs> what? Mm. Um, and also my knees are strong as heck because, um, I'm carrying around 200 pounds <laughs> all the time. So back, like freaking back off. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I am. And, and additionally, like to all of that, I do see all genders, right? So pelvic floor, I assist with um, gender affirming surgeries, genital gender affirming surgeries. So we get um, penis to vagina. We mm -hmm. do the vaginal plasties at my work at the, wow. at the U. Um, so all bodies look so, so, so different, but we get mm -hmm. to celebrate them in my space. Um, in my room is a personal treatment room. So you're not out in the gym. You're not being judged by those around you. Physical therapy isn't for the athlete running marathons it's for the mom chasing three kids it's for the the person that's walking one block a day because they need to move their bodies right wow. it's the person that um is doing bed exercises right it is for every single person and i think my biggest recommendation to anyone is don't let your pelvic symptoms take a back seat and don't let them persist for too long mm. um it's harder to treat pain if it's been around for eight years mm -hmm. if it starts now get help now Right. Yeah. I have to acknowledge how, um, I got the chills like three times and I almost started crying when you were talking because it is, I just have to acknowledge how, how good that feels. I can imagine mm -hmm. coming from a doctor, um, mm -hmm. to say that, you know, your knee pain or your, you know, incontinence is not because of this, your weight, like, Oh, I've just, I've learned so much as somebody who has thin privilege and lives in a, um, 
you know, more societally accepted body size. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I've learned so much about, uh, weight bias and weight stigma in healthcare. And, um, since I've started this podcast and just taken a deep dive into intuitive eating and everything. And, and the, the amount of conditions and that get misdiagnosed and ignored, um, Oh, it's, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely disgusting. And so yeah. I just want to acknowledge and thank you. you. I want to say thank you. And I want to hug you through zoom so much. <laughs> I just want to kiss your pretty little face all over no. because, yeah. um, what, what you're doing and like the messaging that you're using, it's, it, it's so impactful. And so thank you yeah. so much. There was some really cool research that came out somewhat recently that was talking about actually how in younger, like this younger generation, Gen Z going off, doing great things, <laughs> that um, racial bias is going down. Like it is trending down. Good Lord, I hope it stays that way, right? But um, body, fat phobia is on the rise. Yes. Um, and so body um, stigmas are so, so, so on the rise. And I, in our noting, in our charting, and our notes from patients, there's a part and then initial eval where you put like contributing factors, like what is making this harder on them. And so for pelvic floor symptoms, I might be like postpartum status or um, low back pain because it's all connected or post hysterectomy, like things that are going to affect this area without it being the reason mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, and the amount of PTs that put weight or obesity in there um, blows my mind. Yeah. And I'll read other notes. It's the, their hip pain. Well, contributing factor is probably their weight. And I'm like, there's so much else going on in people's lives that that is, there's no way that that is all you could come up with mm. right now. Yeah. Come and on. it's like, even if they, even if we truly believe that that is a contributing factor. Yeah. Like it can't be the only one. And no, it isn't. Yeah, it can't be the only one. And I feel like so mm-hmm. so often it's used as a cop-out in so many different situations. Like, yes. I've heard it even with um, with like personal trainers, with health coaches. I mean, it's all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so easy to say, oh, yeah, if you lose weight, right? Because it just ties in with the messaging that our society has for everything. And, well, um, and I've never entered a space not knowing I'm plus size. Mm-hmm. Fully freaking aware. Full, mm-hmm. um, too aware at times in my life, right? I bet, yeah. I, am a plus size person. So you, like when I go to the doctor's office and they bring up my weight, girl, I know, come on now. Right. And, and I think every time I go to them, I'm like, okay, what's my, like, not lie, but like, what's my plan to lose weight? Like, what am I going to tell them? Um, wow. Yeah. I'm more, oh yeah, yeah. I'm working out, but like, yeah, I'm just going to add more like weightlifting Mm. soon. And, um, oh yeah. I just started eating cauliflower for breakfast. I don't know. Like you come up with these things because you want them to like, not give you a lecture Mm. like, oh, you know, I'm taking care of it. Like, don't worry Mm. because I don't want to sit through 20 more minutes of another lecture. I've heard 18 million times of, well, if I do this, it's better for your health and whatever. That's yeah, it's ridiculous. And I, I don't know if it's the same, um, research that you were referring to earlier, but I know like in intuitive eating, we talk about how, um, like weight bias is, uh, as it's like proportional to racial bias at this point too, like mm-hmm. how often it occurs and that, I mean, there's also studies that show worrying about our weight negatively impacts our health more than 
diet and exercise the weight improve itself. our health. Yes, <laughs> right. yes, yeah. It's just like there are so many things we could go. We could go on and on. Literally, this is why I started a podcast because I was like, I, know. I have a lot of shit to say I about this. Hours of shit to say. <laughs> well, and I think I do think though, physical therapy it needs to do better because we are the active. We're the exercise prescription, mm-hmm. right? Because your weight um, isn't on display in an endocrinologist, in a mm-hmm. dermatologist. When you're in a PT gym, having to do exercises in front of people, your weight is on full display. Your uncoordination is on full display, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of your fears and insecurities. And so I think PTs need to do a better job. And I've, I've heard, not from my coworkers, we do a lot of good training, but I have heard PTs in the past say things about weight and bodies and just grinds my gears, if mm-hmm. I were to say it the most nice way yeah um I'm curious is there like a way that because I know I don't know if you're familiar with health at every size but Mm -hmm. I know that there's like the health at every size um directory where folks can go on to find a physician like a um primary care doctor that's um hazeline do you know is there like a place that for physical therapists where people can can look into that (laughs) Or they're just, there's not enough of you. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I could just bet money that they're not there or they just don't have the same passion as I do for it. I mean, I think there's plenty of PTs out there that would be accepting, are accommodating, Mm -hmm. um, are empowering. Um, I just think they're scared because it's a, because a little bit of scope of practice too, right? Sure. They don't want to bridge into diet. They don't want to bridge into supplements or medication or anything like that. And so I think a lot of people get scared and they don't want to offend. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think as a plus size lady, I do get away a with it a little bit where I'm like, Hey, um, look at my tummy. Anyway, let's talk about our tummies together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I get a little bit of a, an in, mm. a little bit of a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel too that because at least I can speak from my own experience because it kind of goes against what we learn, like traditional, conventional, mm-hmm. you know, medicine teaches and um, around BMI and obesity and all this, that it's also probably very nerve wracking and scary to go against the grain and, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, it is. But you gotta. <laughs> You, you gotta do it for the health and well-being of people. I'm getting yeah. fit from fighting the patriarchy. <laughs> yes. Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, um, Mary, what else? What else do we need to know about pelvic floor? Um, I know that we, I had written on here like misconceptions that you see yeah. online. I know that, I feel like you've talked, we've talked a little bit about those, like the- Throughout, Kardashian, yeah. and Kegels and the, you know, stopping your stream and everything. Um, any, but what else? Anything else that you think would be helpful for folks to know? Right. I, um, I'm trying to think. A lot of postpartum stuff um, is where I also have had specialty in. Mm-hmm. And like ab separation or diastasis rectus abdominis, abdominis pardon, yes. um, is massively common. And so I- deal with that both during pregnancy and postpartum. Um, and I think it's also another one of those areas in which women just go, well, I'm pregnant. So it's so, or I'm postpartum, so it's fine. And that's just how my body is. And I'm pregnant. So I'm going to be in pain. I'm like, where were you? Like, I get people a lot postpartum and I'm like, you had debilitating pain every three days or like where come in, see me. Um, 
And then I also do clogged ducts. So if you have oh. um, like clogged ducts while breastfeeding, um, I can manage those. Um, not every pelvic floor therapist does that, I guess, specifically, but there's just, when I talk about being like women's health physical therapist, which is, it, we've gone away from that into pelvic floor, but women's health physical therapist, we really do mean like boob things and mm-hmm. tummy things and butt things. Um, so I think if I could encourage anyone, it would just be like, if you're pregnant or postpartum, come in. And a huge one during pregnancy is um, everyone comes in and they're like, well, I just want a strong pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not super helpful during birth because mm-hmm. all of those muscles actually have to stretch and get out of the way for baby to come through. So strength of those muscles don't mean much. Um, mm-hmm. Coordination does. Can we relax them? Can we relax them? Can we chill out? Can we push them out? So we will do sometimes some like um, push training, um, which is helpful in the moment. I, I always talk about um, like sports comparison, right? You like shoot free throws. So when it comes game time, you're like, you can nail it because it's just muscle memory. Um, I can't reproduce uterine contractions in the clinic, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so do I, can I guarantee that your muscles will relax while you're going through like this bonkers pain? No, but um, also if we get used to that relaxation, it will be easier in the moment. Um, and if there is weakness, great, we can work on it, but that's not really a strong pelvic floor is what a lot of people come in asking for. And it's not exactly what you should be asking for. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what is my pelvic coordination? Um, and just taking care of pain while you're, pre- when you're pregnant, I guess. You know? That is interesting. So I have always been like, oh yeah, st- st- even like my question strong. to you is like, how do you strengthen it? Like, yeah. you know, like then now I know that that's, that's not the most important thing that Mm -mm. you know and like to be fair people come in and um they're like I pee my pants and I can't control like my gas and I'm like cool this one's probably gonna be weakness and I check and I'm like yeah you just uh, can't activate them great Mm -hmm. and then we work on strength um and not just pelvic floor strength but um we've talked how everything is related uh recent research came out three months ago now that glute strength is a huge contributor to urinary incontinence. So we work on butt strengthening. Mm-hmm. Um, your abdo- abdomen should be strong to help support that pelvic floor. So I always do core strengthening. Um, and it's not the typical core strengthening that you think of. It's not uh, necessarily planks and um, sit-ups and V-ups and all those other things. There's a muscle that sits deep to all of those muscles, right? Everyone knows their six packs of obliques. Your transverse abdominus sits deep to all of that. Um, and if you look anything up about postpartum, you've heard the word transverse abdominus. Um, and I usually compare it to like the kid in the group project that doesn't do anything, but gets the A, <laughs> right? Because his name is Brad in my head, Brad, things yes. become too hard, Brad checks out. Right. And so a lot of my core exercises have to be simple, low level. So Brad can participate. Um, so, and so nice. right. So glad he joined us. So, um, uh, my exercises is you don't walk away from co- my core necessarily being like, oh, right. worked it. I am ripped now. It's more about stability, bringing things in. Um, it is, it's just a common misconception about, I really want to be as strong as possible and I need to be fit and defined. And really it's coordination. It, it is, can these muscles turn on? Are you stabilizing well? Mm-hmm. Which in the long run takes pressure off your back, takes pressure off your pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, we tend to overdo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We tend to overkill those exercises. Yes. So. 
those are good good misconceptions that you that you know mm-hmm. so the things i'm thinking of like takeaways or like things that folks could do can do at home for pelvic mm-hmm. floor care you mentioned like if they want to um try out their own internal exam mm-hmm. well first look at it first look at it look at your vulva look at check out your vulva ladies what yes. is she up to <laughs> what is she looking like um yeah two if you want to like poke around absolutely whether that be with your finger whether that be with toys you just insert it not very far and you can tilt to the sides and you can feel those muscles Mm -hmm. normal just feels like a deep pressure so um like when I always tell people physicians learn on patients PTs learn on each other so I've had this done to myself Mm -hmm. and so I know what it feels like and when my muscles are fine I'm like it's just a weird your deep pressure in there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if that's the case, man, you're doing awesome. And then you can even do a Kegel and try to feel it. Um, oh, while it's up there. Yes. Okay. And then you can feel that contraction. This is so, so interesting. So I, I give grades or, or um, strength ratings on how well someone can squeeze. Um, and so, uh, yeah, what I look for is can it constrict and can it pull up into your body? Those are the two things I look for. Um, so if you are feeling no movement at all, call your local public floor physical therapist. <laughs> um, yeah. So you can see what's going on. You can see if it's, um, relaxed or not, or overactive, sensitive, tender. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just don't forget it's a part of a whole body system. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that means strengthening glutes or core, whether that means stretching your legs, your butt, your, um, your, ad- your inner thighs, your adductors, um, getting things to calm down from a global perspective. Mm. It's, it's, it sits in a whole system. You're one person. Wow. I am like mind blown. I really <laughs> am in the best way possible. I don't know if you can see like my wheels turning, but this is just, I feel like I've learned so much. I really do. I, I do. And I, I want to fight the good fight. I do. I want to, I want to get out there and, and speak to eventually like post COVID things. Um, I want to get talking to mom's group. I want to talk to nurses and teachers. If you're a nurse or a teacher listening, make an appointment because none of you pee enough because you hold it for eight hours and then you have problems. So come see me. Um, I just like, I want, there's groups I want to educate. I want to do stuff with this podcast is perfect. Um, I just, um, but I'm also like books like crazy because if you're experiencing the symptoms, you're not alone. There was a time earlier this, this, uh, couple months ago, I was booked for six weeks at a time. Oh, wow. Right. So, um, that's not super normal. Now it's down to, I think less than a month. Um, but I just, um, there's, it's, we are busy because no, no one's doing well yes. and, uh, we're super, super busy and, uh, you're not the only one experiencing this. So get ready to chat about some weird things. Yay. You're amazing. <laughs> You seriously are so freaking cool, Mary. Shut Hi. You are cool. The fact that I was like, you reached out to me and I was like, this is the dopest podcast I've ever heard of. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm here. I'm for it. It's just because the, the name's fun. It's not like all the other like weight neutral non-diet ones where it's like food freedom, like feel your body. It's like, give them yeah, the fucking the- bird. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, what's the name of your podcast? I'm like, give them the bird. Yeah. And, like it's, it's a play on words in multiple ways. Like just you have to listen to understand otherwise it's just gonna so no it's everything that was everything that I do it's 
like for too long women have accepted it and I'm like fighting for us and then I'm like Mm -hmm. but also for too long we've said weight is the issue and I'm like fighting that from the inside out and for too long like it's like all these things and I those big societal issues for too long the church has controlled like how we um, participate in sexual activity and I'm like Mm -hmm. trying to fight these systemic issues from the inside out and so um it's it's amazing to listen to your podcast and hear about those other like female fighters Mm -hmm. that are just trying to make better world for ourselves yes too long we've accepted it I know I've been thinking about like oh I need to have um more men on my podcast but then I'm like "Eh." sometimes (laughs) I had a couple and if if your man experiences erectile dysfunction I can also help with that oh wow (laughs) yes this is this is for everyone and I want everyone to feel welcome um in the Mm -hmm. GTV space and I just really like women I, yeah, me too. Yep, I just think that- I'm learning to love the male population. I treat testicular pain almost every day, erectile oh, wow. dysfunction, male incontinence, and um, my dad had prostate cancer, so which is huge in men. So I deal with a ton of stuff. Um, and then, as I said, all genders are are in our clinic, and I specifically um, specialize in the LGBTQ community. Nice. So you're right. Yeah, everyone, um, everyone's welcome to my clinic. I love it. Yes. I, I think that you are so empowering. I seriously Good. feel, I feel so empowered. I feel just like, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm going to have to take, take a screenshot or a video of you doing this and post it just all over air you. pumping the whole time. Yes. And I think my number one referral source is, uh, like wine nights. So this is perfect. This is the time where I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, you actually treated my cousin and oh my she God. told me. So like GTV like is exactly where I should be because it's all, I'm like reaching these women that are all going to go out and tell the girlfriends mm-hmm. that you don't have to pee your pants anymore. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of local, like to Iowa city, Coralville, um, area mm-hmm. that listen to the podcast too. So this is amazing. So you are at, uh, UIHC, you're at yep. university of Iowa. Um, and to- I'm at the main hot. All of us are at the main hospital right now. Okay. Main yeah. campus. Um, I might just like link to your profile in the show notes. Oh yeah. My, my, I got my professional photo there. Perfect. Yeah. People are going to be like, this isn't Mary. No. <laughs> yeah. She looks like she has herself together. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're amazing. Um, and so TikTok. Oh, you're going to get it going. And then, and maybe by the time this episode comes out, we can link it in the show notes too. That'd be so great. Uh, I know. I just like a patient the other day at, as we're leaving was like, this has been so fun. I've learned so much. You should start a TikTok. Great. This lady's like 58. I think I was like, you know, TikTok, like go off. The problem is I am so close to creating a TikTok. It's not even, it's not even funny that it takes, it's not going to, it's going to take a, it's going to take a little breeze for me to sign up and create. I'm, this is it. Are you my, are you my gentle breeze? Yeah. (laughs) I'm blowing. Are you my derecho pushing (laughs) me off the edge? Yes. Yeah. I really think you should, because you have, you have, described um the pelvic floor and just talked about it in a way that is so relatable Mm -hmm. it's so easy to understand um and your personality like I know a good personality when I see one let me tell you and you um, you need to be on the interwebs (laughs) seriously I I really think that you should and I will um share the I'll even get a TikTok just so I can share your shit 
gosh. Okay. Well, be careful about downloading TikTok. You'll lose so many hours of your life, but yeah, I'm nervous welcome. about it. And I'm probably going to like scratch my, both my eyeballs out if I scroll through it long enough and see all the harmful shit on it. True. Uh, true. Okay. It will eventually algorithm itself to you and you'll see the stuff that you want to see. Like I'm on intuitive eating TikTok. Come on now. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Love intuitive eating here for that. Yes. Well, this has been seriously amazing. I can't say that enough. Um, I guarantee that I'm probably going to want to have you on for a future season um, because that would amazing. be amazing. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of GTB. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. You can also share this podcast on Instagram and tag me at GiveThemTheBirdPodcast. I will see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.